Welcome, everyone. I'm Jonathan Trowan. Welcome to another episode of Shared Humanity. So excited. We have Debbie Pace today. Hi, Debbie. Hi, how are you? And like, oh, we have to answer the question. She said, how are you? If someone asks a question, answer it. I'm doing beautiful today. How are you doing today? I'm amazing. I really am. And that's oh. not a lie. It's not like, say you're amazing on an interview. I really, really am. You know, that, that's true. So before I actually really introduce you, funny story, because you say that, I have a six-year-old, right? He, and he just turned six, so he's five. And I asked him how he's, doing, how, how he's doing one day, and he goes, great. And I could tell that he was simply answering the question in the way he thought it was supposed to be answered. He wasn't answering that he was great. He thought great was an answer to the question, how are you? which is so fascinating. And because I know you work with people through, through this kind of stuff too. We're going to dig into that. Um, but this is people's mindsets. We don't, yeah. we don't say how we are. Yes. So and we're programmed. We're, we're programmed. We have to unprogram ourselves. Yeah, so even at six, your son was already programmed to just say, I'm great. Isn't that amazing? At five, and that was at five. So yeah. man, um, I don't even know where to begin with that because I'm going I'm to give you little tidbits, which are, are, it's crazy. So author of a book, The Journal to Freedom, and isn't that what we all want? Freedom. Yes. Thank you. Uh, she's a triathlete. Firewalker. Oh my God. I want to hear about that. And country music DJ also a little bit yes. here and there. Um, she does L. NLP, Akashic Record Cleaning, which, which I want to learn more about it. I had it done on me a long time ago, but I didn't really understand what it was then. Um, you're an intuitive freedom coach. Just, let's start. What, what are you grateful for today? I'm, first of all, I'm really grateful for technology. Um, I've been working with technology since the, early, the late 90s. And one of the things that it's really helped us do is connect globally. And especially this year, we've all been able to connect and I've been working at home for, for 15 years. And so it's so nice to have the rest of the world to join me at home. And now we can all connect and have conversations that are so needed. So I'm extremely grateful for the technology. So you do all these different things. There are different aspects. What, what change are you really looking to make in the world? I really want, I say entrepreneurs, but I work with others as well. But my, my, sweet, my sweet spot really is entrepreneurs to really go out there boldly knowing how amazing they are, connecting with the power and the purity of their soul. And so the change that I really want to see is for every person to be lit up every day because they are so connected on purpose and they know who they are at their soul level. Why is that so hard for people? to show up lit up, as you say? Well, let's start with your son, who at six years old was already <laughs> programmed to say what he thought people wanted to hear. Um, and especially for the work that I do with entrepreneurs, they're saying the things that they're programmed to say, or they've, they've paid coaches to tell them to say, and it's not really authentic. It's not truly how they feel. And over time, we get disconnected from our truth. Really, we're, we're, we're just sharing the story. I like to think of us really as these computers and I, obviously I'm not the only one who thinks that way, but it's really easy to dial it in when you look at us as computers and we have software and we have hardware and we're just running this program. And so 
a lot of people that I work with don't realize, oh, we can actually just change the program. And it, it sounds much easier than it is, obviously, because programs get stuck in there and we have bugs <laughs> in our programs and things like that. But it really is, it's that simple when you lay it out. We're just, we're changing the program. I, I love that. I never thought about it that way. I've heard the computer analogy, but but there's a bug in the program. <laughs> yes. We and have my husband pre- works in technology. So I'm always... I'm always aware of the fact that there are so many people who are who operate from a place of technology and and very very straightforward, very mathematical type logical brains. And when you break it down, and we're all working on computers now, and we're all now familiar with what software is and hardware is and stuff like that. So I think it's easier for people to really go in and start doing the work when they understand. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's really not me. The computer is fine. It's really just a program it's running. So in, in your work with entrepreneurs or, or everybody else, what would you say is the most common bug that you, you see or that you help people with? Common is a difficult word. Um, I would say one of the top ones, though, that I do help people with is this idea that they can just do what someone else has done and not be authentic and get the same result. So I wanna take a step back for a second. Um, And I I will go forward with that, but I wanna take a step back. How did you get into this place where you are? Because usually there's a story behind when someone really wants to help the world with that enthusiasm, and I get it, I'm I'm with you. there's something that brought them here. What brought you here? So I'll give you the slightly condensed version of the long story because <laughs> we have a little bit more time on here. Um, I had a 30 year history of broadcasting and journalism and I was always sharing someone else's message. And I was one of the, I was running a program. I was really one of the people who was living the life I thought I was supposed to live. And I was very successful at what I did. and. And I found myself at one point with a marriage that fell apart. I had um, a company that was in bankruptcy and I also had to find a place where I could raise my children. I had no home for my kids. So I was, all of these things hit simultaneously. And I realized that the common variable was me, was me. It, when you, and I had bought, even beyond that point, I I had bought coaching and I had done all these things and things weren't working. So anytime that I have found myself in a place where I wake up and go, okay, (laughs) none of this is working or it doesn't feel right, or it's so hard and I'm feeling burned out. And so my story really is that I decided at, at, at different points in the game. And the most important one obviously was when I was going through the divorce that I needed to pick myself up and really get into the core and solve this because I wasn't willing to go through that again. And, and, you know, it's happened slightly at different places along my own entrepreneurial journey. But once you do that, really, that first really big blast, that first really big breakthrough of realizing, okay, it's me and and I need to do the work. Then each time you do it, it kind of gets a little bit easier, but the, the whole idea behind where I wanted to go was I knew my marriage could have been saved. And I had all of this remorse and all of this guilt and all of these things that I was carrying around. And I called my husband up 
one that were my ex-husband at the time. And I told him, I said, I know that I didn't show up fully in this relationship. And I know that I wasn't my highest self, the highest version of Debbie didn't show up for you. And so we worked to repair it and we've been remarried for um, coming up on six years. So, so it, it, while most people would think it was too late, I really just, I knew, I knew in a place so deep within that was against all the stories that people were telling me, move on, you're better off, whatever the case may be. And I just knew, I knew I, I at least had this, this light inside me, this little pilot light that refused to go out. And it said, no, I'm telling you, this is the right path for you. And I listened. I, and, and over time, as I've learned to tune in and listen, and I don't always, because I'm human. And sometimes I say, no, I want to do it my way. And then I come back and go, ah, you knew it all along, Dorothy. You knew it all along, you know? So, so wait a minute. So how long were you not together for? So from breakup to get back together or from breakup to like first and re-encounter was about a year and a half. Year and a half. And yeah. what did, what did you do personally to find that transformation or whatever it was? What did you do personally to make the change? So you could understand that you, you weren't showing up. Honestly, Jonathan, I think this might be the most powerful part of my story is I was at a birthday party for one of my friends and um, one of her relatives was reconnecting with her, her spouse. They were estranged and she believed so much in me needing to get back together. And I didn't even say anything about it, but I but I was hearing her story and she was sharing her story. And I really said at one point, well, you know, mine's too far gone. And she just, it was like, no, it is not. And so really, I think the most powerful piece of that is if you have one person who believes in you, that will be enough to help you. You can borrow that belief. You can do whatever, no matter where you are in your life and your journey, when someone believes in you, hold on to that and make them your support network and find more people who believe in what you want, not necessarily where you are. Mm. Now, I'm curious about this. When you called him and said, you know, I know I wasn't my best, and, but here I am now, what, what was his reaction? Because that's a fear a lot of us have. If we reach out, well, what's the other person going to say? So I'm curious about how that encounter was. Well, I'm a fear buster and, and sometimes a little bit naive. Um, so I called it, I, I, was, I was scared to death, right? The biggest, the biggest thing we can do is do it scared anyway and do it fast because the more time we have, the more stories that we can just pull in that tell us not to do it. Um, but he, I mean, he yelled at me. He told me all the things that I did, you know, all, all, he told me all the reasons why he, he wasn't happy with me and he didn't like me and all, you know, it was not receptive. Um, but what he didn't do was hang up on me. And so, so, so it, I, it, was, it was such an exercise in focus on the positive, focus on the fact that, okay, so he yelled at you, you kind of knew that was gonna happen. What did you expect, right? Let's be a little bit realistic here. Um, but he didn't hang up on me. And we ultimately had decided that we were going to sort of co-parent our kids. Uh, and have a joint trip to Florida because we weren't, I live in Florida now, but we weren't living in Florida at the time. And we just decided to, to like positively co-parent and kind of see what happens. And, you know, it just over time, it really did evolve. And, you know, and he got to see that 
I had changed because once I had the belief from that one person, I, it grew, it, it, I start, I, I nurtured it. I, yeah, I gave it water, I gave it sunlight, I gave it plant food. And the plant food for me was, was finding all the tools that I could find and online. Like I was, I was watching this preacher and I had to keep like tuning out things that didn't resonate with me, but it was enough. It was enough to keep me believing. And then also the person who had initially made me think that it was possible, she was a resource and, and at really weak moments. And I felt like it wasn't working, I would reach out. And so I had that valuable support where no matter where I was, I could go online and find something or I could call someone who believed in the same thing that I was trying to accomplish. So powerful. Yeah. How do you bring all that experience into your work with other people now? Because you help other people, not necessarily in that situation, but but who who are somewhere struggling either in their lives or business. The biggest thing that I do is create that space for clients, and I do it for everyone, honestly, because I just don't know how to not do it. But really creating that space, and I, I said I, I I laugh because I say I have an unfair advantage because I'm highly energy sensitive, and there's plenty of words for it, but. I know how you're feeling before you walk into a room. And so if, if you know, your son, I'm fine, right? We all have that, especially with our kids. Um, but when, when I'm, I take the time to really be in someone's energy and see how they're feeling and hold that space. And I've had, I've had people who are very famous um, online, like they're like celebrities online who have had calls with me and had complete meltdowns and it's just a matter of creating that space. And when they're done, they say, I've never really had anyone listen to me like that. I've never really felt like anyone listened. And that is the biggest gift that I can give to anyone in my space really is just that I see you and I hear you and I understand you. That is so powerful. The power of seeing someone, the power of listening. You know, I always say it fascinates me that we teach so much public speaking in, in our, our society, but we don't teach listening. Public listening should be a thing, I hear you. Public listening should be a class, right? Yes, yes. And yes. private listening as well. Uh, I guess. Listen, let's listen to people. Yeah. Uh, so where does fire walking occur in this journey, because I, I want to I want to hear about fire walking. I've never walked on fire. I think my feet would burn. So I want to learn more about this. Yes, I, it's so counterintuitive, really. Like, why would I walk on fire? There's grass right next to it. It's completely <laughs> cold and not going to burn me. Um, my personal development journey um, with a with a, a coach who had trained under uh, Tony Robbins. Most people have heard of Tony Robbins. Um, began back in 2010 because I had a friend who was like, oh, just take this free little seminar. <laughs> and it would just change the trajectory of my life. So, you know, I believe that there are people all around us who are leaving us these breadcrumbs and we can choose to pick them up or we can choose to leave them and then choose another path. But this one was really pivotal for me because I, it started to expose the things about my life that were not right, that that I was really just trying to cover up. I was, I'm sure there's a lot of people in your community who are really high achievers. And we just think, well, okay, well, it must be me. 
And if I just do this thing, and if I do one more thing, and if I just try harder and I build one more funnel and I sell one more program or whatever, it'll work. And, and that's the mentality that I was in, that I need to just go here then, and then just do this and then pile this on. And I lost so much of myself. And so, so what happened when I went there, it started pulling away these layers of who I was. And, the, and then at the end of, I don't know, I, I did so many different trainings and it was, it was all on the same pathway. And after each seminar, it was very Tony Robbins-like and we would do this firewalking. And what it does is it really integrates <laughs> that you are capable of anything, that your mind can overcome anything, that, that who you are is determined completely within. And so I'll tell you, I was scared to death because they talk about making sure you're ready. And the first time you don't know what that is. You're like, how do I know if I'm ready? I don't really know I'm going to get burned. But you don't say that. You say, I'm not going to. And you say, I'm going to, you know, they, I think they say like cold. I don't remember what it was. And I, and when I was walking across the fire the first time, I said like hot coal instead of like cold ice or something like that. I, I said the totally wrong thing, but I was in such a high state. And what it is, is it's such a great example of your vibration. So if you find yourself going through your day and you feel like sluggish and sad or, or you just can't get yourself moving, that's a low vibration. Our bodies are energy. We're electromagnetic, kind of like dogs can sense the electrical energy charges in the air when a storm is coming. You know, we emit that ourselves as humans. And so as we're, as we're walking through our days, we're pulling and, and pushing away certain things. And we have the capacity in our body to raise that vibration in an instant. And it's so powerful because when you raise your vibration, you're no longer aware of some of the lower negative energies. And, and you're, it's, it's like a form of sort of like a human ascension. And you're really not even in your body. You're just in such this elevated state. So it doesn't matter what your body does. You're almost out of it. And that's what it does. And it's such a cool thing. I could talk to you about it all day, but, but that's what it is. And then the second and third and fourth time I had this, this like, it was like the law of, you know, odds, right? It was like the law of probabilities. I'm like, hmm, first time. Okay. hundred percent. Second time. Hmm. It's like, I was so worried each time, but each time I never got what they call a kiss or a little hot spot. So I have never, ever gotten burned or had any issues walking over those hot coals. Now, do you have to walk through them? quickly so you're not making enough contact or is it really you just walk yeah. through, but you have enough presence that you are causing your skin not to burn like what is uh, it you're not sunbathing in the coals you know you're not like hanging out reading a book um you're just walking you're not running you're just you're just i i can't even remember you can tell obviously this is how i walk across fire in case your your audience can't tell apparently this is what i do when i walk across fire um this is Debbie in her elevated state, but it's, it's really just a, it's a presence that I know it's there, but I'm not a hundred percent focused on that place. I'm focused up here. I'm focused outward. I'm focused on the thing I want. What was really powerful to Jonathan is the last fire walk I went to was at a Tony Robbins event. And it was the first event that my husband went to with me and he walked across fire first and and I know what state I need to be in. Here I go again. I know what state I need to be in when I walk across fire. And so I wasn't there because it was the most massive. I mean, there were hundreds of people walking down fire lanes next to you, in front of you, behind you. And you're just like, it's almost distracting. And I'm a hyper-focused person. And so 
for me, I kept feeling myself getting pulled out. And this woman kept trying to send me and I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm like, send somebody else, send somebody else. And so people kept going. And my husband is standing on the other side and he's waiting for me. And I just, at one point got to, got, I just found this place within. And I, I just said to myself, he is waiting for you to finally step up in your relationship, go get him. And I was like, boom, done. I'm ready. Here I come. And I was like, and I just blew across the coals and, and into his arms. And it was just, it was, I'm like, I have chills talking about it. It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. So, so for those of us watching, listening to this, so let's say our vibration is not where we want it to be. And, and there's fire right there uh, ahead of us. What, what can we do? How, you said we can change our vibration in an instant. What, mm -hmm. what can we do? What can I do? What can people listen to right now to change our vibration? You can listen to your favorite song. That's like the, probably the quickest and easiest thing. But if you can't have music, let's say you're sitting at a desk in corporate and, and there's nowhere you can go, really breathe into your heart, become aware of where your heart is in your chest and think about who you love. Most people can think about their child or they can think about, like think about a moment where you were absolutely off the charts, successful, amazing. Maybe it was a graduation. Maybe it was a child was born. Maybe it was, you know, it was, um, somebody told you they loved you or maybe it was when, you know, maybe a moment that you opened up and the world, maybe you got your first client, whatever it is, grab that moment, and pull it in and then grab another one and pull it in and, and in an instant and just breathe it in just like, so kind of like I'm talking to you about the fire walk. I'm in that moment. And, and I, you can probably tell my energy just, it just accelerates and I just get so excited and my vibration gets higher and higher. And that's how it works. I'm just a visible example of the work that I do in other people. I practice it on myself first. It, it reminds me of, of what um, Jen Gottlieb, who both you and I know, um, she talks about this badass list. So you write down everything, every, every amazing thing you've ever accomplished in life. So what you're talking about is kind of referring to, and it doesn't have to be written down, but folks write it down. Um, but pulling those things, if you're not feeling right, just pull those things in one at a time, one at a time. Is that what you're, you're talking about? Yes, that and also um, the gratitude list is so helpful. I keep a gratitude list on the notes on my phone so that no matter where I am, I can wake up in the morning and the first thing I like to look at is my gratitude list and successes and you know whatever it is. I actually have a list an ongoing list of client outcomes. And so wow. sometimes like talk about, talk about a badass list. Um, and I didn't want to say, cause I wasn't sure if you, if you're a listener, you know, I don't know if your listeners really <laughs> wanted, wanted to hear that. So I was respectful of uh, your voice, but I pull it out and, and it, it reminds me of why I'm here every single day. And so some because we all deal with imposter syndrome and other people are doing it. And oh my gosh, I'm not special, right? Like I'm just Debbie Pace, who, you know, who cares about me, right? But so we have those moments, no matter how successful we are, we have those moments. And so having something so quick like that and also being proactive and pulling that up when I first wake up, it's kind of hard to go the next hour, two or three hours and feel like I'm in the dumps if I'm remembering the clients and all the outcomes. And, you know, like my favorite one is I help in one session, I helped this client break a 23 year divorce guilt pattern. She was mm -hmm. suffering from so much guilt, had suffered breast cancer and all these things. And it was one simple question and that shifted her and she removed the blame solely from herself. And it was just this, 
you know, when someone starts blinking, when, when, when they're having this connection, they're, they're having this understanding and it's like, here goes the brain re rewiring and they're, you know, it's like, they can't even, they can't blink enough. And it was that kind of moment. And so having stuff like that to pull in and, and even if people are brand new and they don't have business successes, you have those other things that your gratitude list could be, I woke up, I woke up today. I know my mother-in-law says that all the time. It's a great day, I'm alive. It's so powerful what you say about gratitude and, and I teach gratitude and, um, and you know, write, writing down your gratitude. But it's interesting because I've never, I, I have the gratitude journals, but I, I've never read them or referred back to them. I use the process of that moment. But what a great idea that you, you just threw out and I'm going to adopt that. Um, you know, I tell people they can do gratitude in the morning or in the evening, um, well, really all day long, folks. Uh, but I, I usually do mine in the evening. So how powerful if I write in the evening to wake up in the morning, it's already next to the bed and read that as a yeah. reminder. Really, that's that's really powerful. I haven't tried that before. I'm going to take that one. Well, that's awesome. And another thing that really helped me too was um, there was a point in my in my offerings where I was struggling with how much do I charge? And so many people have, uh, I feel like it's an epidemic of undercharging for our services, really for the value that we offer. And I went through and I tallied up all the training and all the courses and my college degrees and all the programs I had purchased and really, and everything I had invested in, in one of my, in, in one of the businesses that went through bankruptcy. I mean, that was a lot of money and I tallied it all together. And I was like, this is what my education cost me to bring this to you right here and now. And that was also one of the most powerful things I've ever done. So gratitude, but also an understanding of, I'm not just out here wanting to, you know, wanting to change the world with no, what do we call it? Um, I can't remember the word for it, but basically like it's your, it's your legitimacy. It's, it's like, this is your validation for, for how you're showing up. Oh, how you earned it, right? How you learned it or earned it really. That's it. It's like, I've done both and, and I'm here before you. And this is why I can do what I can do because I've been where I've been. Yeah, you know, it's such an interesting mindset because I, I'll have people, you know, ask, ask me, um, you know, is it cheaper for a half hour or an hour? And I say that there's absolutely no difference because you are not paying for time. But I'll be honest, um, I used to think the same way. And I've had to redo my mindset. So when I am paying someone, I also realize I'm not paying for time. So you have to do it both ways. We, we have to charge what, whatever it is. And by the way, never charge what you're worth. People always teach charge what you're worth. Don't charge what you're worth. You are so beyond what anyone could ever pay you. You are beyond, beyond priceless. Um, you know, that's right. So, so you need to figure out how much you want to charge, but it's not what you're worth because people can't pay you what you're worth. Um, but, but we have to do both sides. We have to go, okay, well, well I'm going to charge more um, and, and not do it based on time or this and that, but based on the, the value of not so much what I give, but that they'll receive from it. Because um, people, people don't pay for what they think you're worth. They pay for what they think they're worth. But now we have to do the same thing and not try and nickel and dime everywhere we go. So it's such an interesting journey on both, on both sides of the equation there. It really is. And, you know, and having a little bit of grace with yourself is so important. And 
it's it's part of what I teach in my in my visibility formula, which is really about getting that human connection with yourself first, with getting getting finding your temperature, your reality. Where are you? And you know, we talk about what you're worth. What do you want? What makes you feel good about providing that value to that client and giving that time and whatever that time costs you? If it's time with family, if it's relaxation time, if it's you know sitting and having coffee, or if it's working on a business, whatever it is, it's time spent there bringing the highest value you can possibly bring to another human or another business. And you have to come up with a price that just feels good as that exchange. So, so tell me about this visibility formula. So it's my secret visibility formula. Um, usually it's, it's how people come into my community and it's a seven step process that really helps remove all the barriers to showing up because most people that I work with come to me because of I'm, I'm highly visible and they want to learn how to show up like I do and, and get some of the results that I've gotten. And what we typically find is that when we go through this process of taking this, this inner inventory and, and then getting leverage, which was another piece that I thought was so important, the leverage is a huge part of my visibility formula, which is when you have all this leverage to why you have to show up, right? And I use the word have to, but why it's a must for you to show up, not only for yourself authentically, but also for your community, you can't go back. You can't go back. And so you get that leverage. And we, and we talk about just showing up 51% this day. It has to be enough to, to push you beyond the feeling of not wanting to show up. All you have to do is just get to that point where you get past whatever that fear is, whatever that block is for you in that moment, because you remember why you're here. You remember who you are. I'm just soaking that in. Because it's so, it's so important. We're all just so afraid to show up. And that's the name of your podcast, right? The, the show it up show. show. Thank you. Thank you for doing the plug so I didn't have to. <laughs> yes, it's the like show, it's, show podcast. We, we're all just so afraid to, to show up. So you, you help us show up. Yeah. And, and I, the little secret behind us being afraid to show up is we all are, we all do it. It's just different levels of like, dis, not disability, but um, debilitation. It's different levels of what, what fear muscle do I have that I can show up in? For some people, they are amazing at sales calls, right? And it's, it's like, while they might get a little nervous or whatever, or they might be afraid, they show up because they're, they're in their game. It's a muscle that's strong for them. And so the biggest thing you can do is strengthen whatever the muscle is that's keeping you from showing up. Just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then it becomes much less fearful or painful <laughs> because some people it's physiologically, they'll start creating these things that will prevent them from showing up. But as you build that muscle, it becomes stronger. And it doesn't mean that you don't necessarily feel the fear, but each time you move through it, you get stronger and you say, okay, I did it. And you breathe and you, and you start to like elevate your game and you show up different and higher and, and all these different things and it works more. And so as we do it, as you show up, you're also building that leverage. So everything we're talking about right now is really changing your mind 
in the in this present moment, changing your vibration in the present moment, um, how you show up in the present moment, but you also uh, talk about Akashic records. So mm -hmm. now not everyone's going to know even what that word is or, or or heard about it. So can you share a little about what that is and and what you do with that and how that can help us? Yes. So. So as I've been trained to go in and clear Akashic records, it's really working with your with your your current energy and kind of feeling into, like I said, we're all we're all electrical charges and you're, you know, you have an un, an invisible, I always mess up this word. I call it a, a sphere, but it's it's really this this invisible like behind me. Okay. So it's like this unseen aura. And some people can actually see it, which I find absolutely amazing, but it, it's your energetic blueprint and it includes all of your generations before you. And so, you know, like your mom had, um, maybe she dealt with an issue that was passed down from her mom. Like for example, cause some people are like, I have no idea what she's talking about, but <laughs> let's say I, you know, the, my mom had a rule that in order to be a good mom, she had to shower her kids with gifts right? But that's because her mom always showed her love by showering her with gifts because maybe she couldn't afford it. And so when she could, she knew that was her best way of showing love because she was filling this hole because she grew up not having anything. And so what it is, is these imprints of lack and scarcity. I mean, there's good things too. There's good things too. There's energetic light and there's, there's kindness and healing and all these things that we pass down as well. But where we go in with Akashic Records is we look at the places that are causing your field. And I can do it just in, in a mindset example where you look at, okay, you're not showing up. Why aren't you showing up? Well, because you're afraid. You're afraid because back in fourth grade, Johnny said that you were skinny and made fun of you and everybody in the playground made fun of you. And then you shrunk and you tightened and you said, I'm never ever gonna expose myself again. And I'm never gonna be friends with people again and whatever, right? So that is, it puts a little mark energetically in your system. Same thing with Akashic records, that stuff gets passed down and we pull it in and we pull it in and we pull it in and it causes our vibration to be skewed. And so Akashic records clearing really goes in and it, and it, and it, I, I do this, but it's none of this. You, I think I do it right here sitting with you. I could just, you know, ask for permission from your highest self, your consciousness, whatever, to go in and do the work. Sure, I, I give you permission. <laughs> and your consciousness is like, yeah, it was already talking to me before <laughs> before you said yes. It's like, yeah, 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 pick me, pick me. Um, but it's, you know, it's really just my energy and, and my connection to source is working with your energy and your connection to source to bring you back to that highest version and that source. Really, that's what it is. Now, I, I, I had heard, and I could be wrong because I don't know a lot about this, that it also has to do with your, not just your heritage and your, or your ancestors, but your personal past lives. Is that how you understand it? Or is, is did I have some wacko talk to me? No. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, as I understand it, it can do all of that. It can do all of that. As I do it, as I work with it, I really work with people's energy because I'm an energy worker, really. I mean, I set my visibility coach. I'm an energy worker because people who grow up with trauma tend like myself tend to have this ability to read people in such a keen way. So many people are 
like channels and mediums and things like that because survival depended on you knowing whether or not you were in, in trouble, whether or not you were in danger. And so, you know, and to a danger to a child could be a parent that yelled at them all the time even. But when you're this big in life, right? When you're tiny, it feels like survival mode. And so we, we program that in. And, um, and so I just do the work on that energetic field with people and not necessarily past live stuff because I'm fairly new to the space even. It's only been about two years that I, I had this, I call it an awakening. Um, and if you wanna hear about it, I'll tell you, but I could talk all day about this kind of stuff. So if you wanna hear about it, I'll tell you, but basically it was, it was an awakening where I could no longer deny that I was pretty connected to things that I had been denying I was connected to for my whole life. So yeah, so, so I, 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 you've intrigued me enough. Uh, <laughs> give me the awakening. Okay, so I'm trained in journalism, a very in your head, you know, high performance, you know, 100%, 100% accuracy, 100% right, you know, very research-based. It's, it's not really heart and energy-based. And I was at a conference and I was learning, um, I don't even remember what it was for now, but it was a lunch break. And I sat down with this person who I was really intrigued by and just, you know, her energy was beautiful. And I wanted to sit down and have this conversation with this person. And so we sat down and she just, which happens to me all the time, by the way, she just opened up completely and started sharing her whole story with me. And I gave a response that I, it, I would not, it wasn't my words without, for lack of a better term, it wasn't my words. And I was like, I, I was like, what was that? What just happened? I, said, I didn't say that. I don't even know where that came from. Because you know, when you're having a conversation with someone, you're, you're pretty much feeling what you're saying. You're like, oh, like you feel great. And then you're like, oh, that's great. You know, or you're like, you feel love and you're like, I love you. Well, this came without any feeling or anything. It was just words that came out of my mouth. And I was like, where did that come from? And I looked over at her and she was crying because the story she was sharing with me was about her husband who had passed. And she was crying and she said, that's what he always used to say to me. <laughs> yeah, right? And I was like, I, oh, que pasa? <laughs> I was like, I didn't understand what was going on. And, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was in a space learning with a bunch of people who were also channels and mediums, but they didn't openly share it. And I went to my coach and I said, I don't know what just happened, but I'm really freaked out. And I don't know how to deal with it. And he was like, okay, now I should probably tell you my story. And you know, talking about people following around and all this stuff, like, I don't have that, but I, I have this keen ability to connect when I need to, or, or when it, when it's serving the person I'm with to connect to something outside of myself, a, a higher energy or a voice. I've always considered myself a messenger, which is so funny because people are like, well, how did you go from journalism and broadcasting to helping people with mindset and inner work? Um, because I've always been a messenger. And what was interesting is when I was behind the mic as a messenger, I, was, I wasn't sharing a story that I was connected to. And I wasn't really helping people, even though as I interviewed people and did my work, I would always, I would always deeply connect and I would always want to pull out the story. And I would always, because I feel like every person living right now, the story matters. You are your story. And that's the beautiful part about you. And so I went from that to really knowing I was so cold. I told my husband, I said, I just feel like there are people like 
screaming out in the night, like they need my help. And I don't even know what I'm supposed to do to help them. I just know that I'm here for a bigger purpose. And so it took me four years in my business to figure out that you've always been a messenger and this is what people need. Because I went through this, you know, I went through this iteration of, of my business and I started out teaching visibility and helping people show up. And then I wanted to go into like just healing and helping them grow and, and expand like I had. And then it came full circle over the last year. And it was like, yeah, no, this is really, and I've always done it. And I thought I was teaching something else, but I was always teaching the same thing. Always. Yeah. Wow. Well, folks, if, if you want to be uh, not just visible, but, but open and expanded and grow, Debbie is amazing. Um, oh my God. Uh, check out the journal to freedom, the show up show um, the podcast. We'll, we'll put links um, in the notes so you can check it all out. Uh, Debbie, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for you. Jonathan, thank you for having me. And thank you everyone for taking the time out. I know we're all busy. And so I appreciate you being here and taking the time and hanging out with us. And I have an, I, I have an open, uh, an open messenger. So feel free to always pop in my inbox and say hello and let me know if there's a way I can support you. Thank you so much, everybody. Please remember you are loved. We'll see you next time.